0: Hello, welcome to this episode of The Complete Interpreter, a podcast about interpreting skills, mindset, and marketing from The Interpreting Coach. Some of you may know my real name, Sophie Llewellyn-Smith. This is a podcast in which I aim to bring you holistic CPD, continuing professional development ideas that take into account the fact that you are not just an interpreting machine or a translation machine but that you are also the owner of an interpreting business let's get straight to the nitty-gritty then and talk about putting things off procrastinating there are some tasks that i will always put off for example housework ugh unless someone is coming to the house unless we have guests round for dinner Or staying the weekend, I will put off housework. It's boring and I always have something better to do, or at least that's how I perceive it. But there are plenty of work-related things that I procrastinate as well. For example, I'm terrible at getting around to do my accounts and my coaching clients have to remind me to send them invoices because I love the actual sessions, I like working with people. Um, and then I semi-forget about actually <laughs> invoicing. So I'm sure you also have certain tasks that you put off. And I get very annoyed with myself for putting putting them off, because sometimes if you put things off, it makes it worse when you actually have to tackle those things. You've let things accumulate and the work is twice as hard. Mind you, sometimes it's the opposite. When I actually do the things that I had been postponing, sometimes they're much easier than I had feared. And I I think to myself, well, why didn't I just get it done two weeks ago in the first place? I'm sure I could talk a long time about what I put off and, and why and how irritating it is. But I want to give you some practical tips today. The most important, I think, the most insightful thing anybody ever said to me about procrastination And this really is the school of the bleeding obvious, as we say in English, but it hadn't occurred to me until this person made this comment. She said, procrastination is not about avoiding the task itself. It's about avoiding the feeling that that task gives you. I think it's worth just sitting with that for a minute. So procrastination is not about avoiding the task. I gave that some thought and I thought, well, it's it's true. It's not The tasks that I avoid are not ones that I am incapable of doing because I'm incompetent or I don't have the skills or they're just beyond my knowledge or skill set or ability. No, that's not the case. Sometimes they're not even tasks that would take six hours. <laughs> they're not that time consuming. They're not that difficult. I'm capable of sitting there with a pen and paper or a computer and and doing whatever it is that I'm putting off. Um, Pushing a Hoover around for a few minutes is neither really that time consuming nor that difficult. So when you look at it objectively, it's not the task that's the problem. It is indeed the feeling, the thought of doing the task. Why? Because of the feeling that you associate with that task. And that feeling might be lots of things. I don't know what it is for you. Sometimes for me, it's that the task is just boring. I see some of these chores as so pointless because if you make your bed the next day, you have to make it again and again and again every day. Gosh, how boring. (laughs) Whereas someone else would look at it as, oh, look, my house is beautifully tidy and that makes me feel good. And don't get me wrong, I love having a tidy house but I think with repetitive tasks that get undone every day or every week, I I experience frustration and boredom. Um, what else? Sometimes there's some kind of threat associated with the task. So for example, I will put off reading certain emails because I think to myself, Uh, one of these emails is going to contain a criticism or some difficult feedback or something that I have to do and I don't have time to do any more things. And that's the ostrich technique of denial, like people who never open their bills. So have a think for you, for the things that you put off, what are the feelings that you are trying to avoid? Is it boredom? Is it frustration? Is it Uh, fear that you won't do well at this task? What unpleasant emotion is associated with it? And this brings me back to the idea that motivation in humans is caused either by avoiding pain or seeking pleasure. It's often said that 80% of people are basically motivated by the avoidance of pain, and we don't really mean physical pain in this case, but we mean unpleasant emotions that we don't want to have to face. 80% of people are more motivated by the avoidance of pain than by seeking pleasure. Seeking pleasure, for example, I don't know, the satisfaction of a task well done and a tidy home. So for some people, the pleasure of that would motivate them to do the housework. Whereas for other people, the the pain, the thought of how boring and repetitive the housework is, will uh, make them avoid it. And that is often what procrastination is. It is simply a way of avoiding the unpleasant emotions that you don't want to feel, Let's have a look then at some reasons why you might put off certain tasks and see if we can find some tricks or habits that can help you um, overcome that tendency to procrastinate. First of all, what if the task appears too big to you? So there's just too much of it to do and it seems overwhelming. This might be a question of how realistic you are about your schedule and how much time there is available in your schedule. And in that case, you need to give some thought to setting different boundaries and maybe not accepting more work than you can realistically do in the time that you have, not biting off more than you can chew. But if it's not that, if it's just that the task seems enormous and therefore feels overwhelming, then one solution can be to break it down into smaller pieces and schedule your time differently. Have a look at your diary, put in some slots when you can work on this task. And then instead of being an elephant burger, as someone once described it to me, an elephant burger, so there's a whole elephant sitting between two buns, you can't possibly eat that all in one go, but you can take one bite at a time. What if the task seems too difficult? You're put off tackling it because you think it's really hard and it's going to take up a lot of your mental resources. You're not sure where to find some of the information you need. It just seems very difficult. Well, there are various things that you can do about that. I mean, if it's genuinely beyond your skill set, you'll need to enlist some help. And you either need to start by Learning more, or you need to ask somebody who has more knowledge and expertise and get some help. But if it's actually within your skill set, but it just feels difficult and therefore you're avoiding tackling it, some things that might work for you are setting a timer. So you tell yourself that you're just going to work on this for half an hour for now, and then maybe you can come back to it tomorrow for another half hour, etc. And that way, although it may still feel hard, you know that there's a time limit on it. So it doesn't feel like you're endlessly working on something really difficult. And usually telling yourself that you only have to do half an hour makes things seem more more reasonable. Another thing you might consider is scheduling that task for your best time of day. Now, people work in different ways. Some people are at their freshest and best early in the morning. Some people are at their best late at night. Research shows that peak concentration times are around 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. So have a think about your chronotype about what times of day are good for you and see if you can tackle that difficult task at a time of day that is good for you. And you may find that the best time of day is just first thing. At least get some of this difficult task out of the way first thing because otherwise it's very easy to spend the rest of the day going for the low-hanging fruit, Um, the, the routine stuff that needs doing but isn't super urgent and so you tick along doing those things and you never get to the difficult one that you're putting off. Just one thought which may help you or you might find quite motivating. Um, human beings' happiness comes from performing tasks that are in the Goldilocks zone. I'm sure you know what I mean by Goldilocks. If you remember the fairy story about the little girl with blonde ringlets who went out for a walk and ended up in a house belonging to three bears and she slept in their beds and she ate their porridge, etc. And some of the porridge was too hot, some of it was too cold and some of it was just right. Now, when it comes to a feeling of happiness or satisfaction, human beings will find most happiness from doing tasks that are just right in terms of difficulty. If it's too easy, you don't really get a sense of satisfaction from it. I mean, you can tick things off your to-do list, but it's basically just busy work. If the task is too difficult, too far beyond your abilities, then that can cause frustration. But if it stretches you a little bit without being beyond your abilities, that is the perfect Goldilocks zone that will give you a feeling of real satisfaction and happiness if you complete the task. So maybe it's worth considering when you have a task that you think of as difficult, that if you do it, you will get more satisfaction from that than from the busy work, from answering some emails or sending a couple of invoices. We've talked then about when tasks seem too big or too hard. What if they just appear to be boring? (laughs) You can't be bothered to start them because they seem so boring. Oh, the voice of experience here. (laughs) Well, there are various techniques that you can use you can actually try to make the task itself more fun in the way that you accomplish it. Uh, For example, my daughter often puts off doing homework because she thinks it's so dull. And so I try and make it fun for her by um, incorporating silly stories into her maths problems or making her be the molecules that are interacting in a chemical equation. And so I'll say to her, right, you be hydrogen and you're moving very quickly, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So one way of making boring tasks um, seem less off-putting is to find ways of doing them that are more fun. And let's face it, this is no different from people at school or university who use colourful highlighters or marker pens in their notes. Um, visually it's more exciting, but also it's just more fun and enjoyable (laughs) to have a splash of color on the page and to swap pens and, and all of this, it's less boring. So you can think of ways to make your tasks more fun. It works for some of them, it works less well for others. And if you can't make the task itself fun, then you can bundle it with something that is more fun. And I'm sure you do this unconsciously. For example, you might do the ironing while watching television. So, okay, ironing by itself is pretty dull, but if you're watching TV at the same time, hey, you can pick uh, a comedy, and then you don't really notice that you're ironing at the same time, or you don't mind. Similarly, sometimes when I'm doing quite routine tasks on the computer, I make sure that I have some music in the background. The music isn't enough to distract me, but it certainly makes it more pleasant. So bundle boring tasks with fun tasks. Something else that you can do is use some visual cues to show yourself that you're making progress and to keep you motivated that way. For example, let's say you have to send a batch of invoices. Have a little pot of paper clips in front of you and every time you send one invoice you move one paperclip from from one pot to another or from one pile to another it's a very simple technique but it makes it very real and very vivid uh, and it shows that you are getting the task done one by one and that can be motivational for some people another thing that you can do which i've already talked about is to set a time limit And just go, well, okay, I really do need to answer some emails because otherwise it will get urgent if I leave them for two or three days. I might miss something important. So I must tackle some of my mountain of emails. I'm going to set a timer for half an hour. And that's as many as I'm doing now. And Later or tomorrow, I can do some more. Those are some techniques to lessen the pain, if you like. I was talking about the pain and pleasure principles and how we try to avoid the bad feelings. So these are ways of reframing the bad feelings or turning the bad feelings into good feelings or mitigating the bad feelings. Now, you can, of course, try to apply the pleasure principle. And instead of moving away from pain, you can try to move towards pleasure. One way of doing that is to decide on a small reward that you will give yourself when you finish such and such a task or when you've done your work for half an hour or so. And it could be a very simple reward like um, going outside for a few minutes and having five minutes of fresh air or playing with the dog. Or it could be something like playing a word game like Wordle or a little game on your smartphone. The risk there is getting sucked into that and spending too long on it. But you can try to exploit the pleasure principle by picking some small rewards to motivate you to do tasks that you would otherwise put off. The last point I wanted to make in this section is about the bad feelings that we're trying to avoid. I think it's worth sometimes Examining those feelings, trying to recognize what feeling it is that you are trying to run away from, and I've already urged you to do that. Is it fear? Is it pain? Is it frustration? But also ask yourself which pain is worse. Is it the pain of doing the task, or is it the pain of what will happen if you don't do the task? And then there are consequences of not meeting a deadline or feeling bad about yourself, or uh, getting criticized by a work partner, or um, tasks becoming more difficult and more urgent because you've left them for too long. So if there's something that you're putting off, if you're able to spend just 30 seconds thinking about this and weighing up, the pains. Because frankly in life there's pain either way. (laughs) I don't mean to sound doom and gloom because actually I'm a very happy and optimistic person. But most tasks involve pain of some kind either way. The boredom or difficulty of doing it or simply the fact that uh, if you're preparing documents for a meeting you are not doing something else that you would quite like to do like riding your bike for an hour or spending time with your kids. So everything in life has some kind of pain associated with it or nearly everything, but there's also the pain of not doing it. What are the consequences? And just think for a moment, which pain is greater for you? Which one is worse? And if you're able to be honest about that, sometimes it can motivate you to actually do something that you were putting off. Right, those were some tips and tricks. I hope that you found them useful. I want to mention just a couple more things, and one of them is accountability. Uh, And in fact, I didn't, although I've mentioned asking for help specifically, if a task is beyond your current abilities, I haven't really spoken about having a buddy or having a friend um, to do things with. And that's something that can definitely make a task seem less hard and less boring, depending on what it is. I'm sure you all know people who will only go to the gym if they have a friend to go with. So for many tasks, um, some people will find that they're much more motivated to do those tasks if they're working in a team or a small team of two. That can make it more fun. It can make it less difficult. It can make it less boring, depending on your personality. But now I want to specifically talk about accountability. Accountability. That is the idea that if you have a task to do, you make it publicly known that you are going to do that task. So by publicly, it could be that you tell somebody, a friend or an acquaintance or a colleague, that you are working on this particular thing. Or it could be that you post it on social media, you put it on Facebook, something like that. And research definitely shows that if you are accountable in this way, you are more likely to stick to what you have said you would do. I think there's quite a lot of human nature in here that we are less likely to do things for ourselves sometimes than we are to do them for somebody else because we don't want to let people down because it makes us feel bad letting people down and also it can look bad it can be bad for our professional reputation here we're back to different kinds of pain um so accountability is something to think about if there are certain tasks that you routinely put off then think about getting an accountability partner or maybe even making use of co-working platforms on the internet where you turn up at a scheduled time with the tasks that you want to do. And that can be a great way of preventing procrastination because you've decided in advance what you want to do and you turn up at the co-working session, you are there specifically to do that task. There are other people there who know that you want to do that task. And so that accountability can be really helpful for some people. We're reaching the end of this episode. I hope it's given you lots of good ideas. And the very last thing I think I want to to say is simply with some of the tasks that you're putting off, is there some way that you can just permanently avoid doing them? (laughs) For example, can you delegate some of those tasks or can you automate them or can you just stop doing them if they don't serve you anymore and they don't move you closer to your goal? Now, obvious things to delegate are things like cleaning, and um, cooking. You can get a cleaner, for example, or actually my brother has just bought one of those robot vacuum cleaners. So he goes to work and he leaves this little robot thing wandering around the house and picking up dust and dirt. If I did that, my dog would attack it. Those are obvious things to delegate. There are others. Um, Some people delegate their bookkeeping, or it depends whether you are an interpreter or translator or you do other things as well. So it depends what kind of business you run, if you like. Some people delegate some of their tasks to a virtual assistant. And there are also some tasks that you may be able to automate, again, some um, accountancy software can help you automate some of your bookkeeping. or Take a good, honest look at everything that you do in a week and ask yourself if there's anything that you can stop. If there are things that you procrastinate, that you put off all the time, are those things still important to you now? Are they important to your life or to your business? Or are you falling into what's called the sunk cost fallacy, where you've put so much time and effort into something, or perhaps time, effort and money, that you think you should continue to the bitter end, whereas actually maybe it's time to just let some things go. I hope today's episode has given you some food for thought and even some useful techniques to stop procrastinating. I'd love to hear what techniques you use, what allows you to get back into the groove when you have a a difficult or boring task to accomplish. And I'd also love to hear from you about what you want me to talk about next. Please do shoot me an email at info at com, and look forward to speaking to you soon.